Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Keep Them Coming. It's going to be a solo show today. Just me, no guests. It's been a little while since I have done a solo show, and I tried in the past to, like every other show, do a solo show where it was just me talking about a topic for 15 or 20 minutes, but I got out of the habit, admittedly. So here I am, back with just a brief topic to discuss today. Before we get into discussing today's topic, just a little bit of news for you. I've got my Better Sex Workshop series is taking a slight uh, shift. I'm no longer going to be doing live virtual group workshops. What I'm going to be doing from now on is simply recording a video about a topic and people can purchase the video. You can purchase multiple videos to sort of cover the topics that you feel like are necessary for you to have better sex. However, I think people are just tired of Zoom. I think they're just tired of having to show up at a particular time on a particular date and take this virtual work workshop. But it could also be the maybe people don't want to talk about these things in a group setting. So I'm making this shift to hopefully make it easier for people to feel more comfortable to access this information. Topics in my Better Sex series include setting the mood in and out of the bedroom, coupled sex, and more. And I'm even going to throw in some videos of my Clitoracy 101 and 102 workshops, as well as my Cock Worship class. That one's my absolute fave to teach. So rather than having to keep your eye on the calendar to see when I'm going to teach that one, you're going to be able soon to just purchase a video on openthedoorscoaching.com shop and have access to that video whenever you would like to watch it. If you've ever wanted to meet me in real life and you are in the Kansas City area, there's an event next week that's really important to me. It's really cool and I'd love your support and I'd love to meet you. It's the Casey Chambers Small Business Celebration. I've attended this just to, you know, meet all the area small businesses that were nominated for Small Business of the Year. But for the first time, I've been in business long enough that I can actually be a candidate for Small Business of the Year. So I will be at Union Station April 21st. I'm going to have a photo booth and I'm going to have some freebies to give away. And I've already started campaigning for Crowd Favorite. It's a new award that they're giving away this year for, you know, who, who do folks like amongst the candidates in the candidate showcase. So... If you could be so kind as to not only come by, say hello, and introduce yourself, but also please do vote for me for crowd favorite. I appreciate it. And I will be giving away some goodies. It's probably the first time there's ever been a sex toy given away in a gift basket at the Small Business Showcase. But by God, I'm going to do it. I actually don't think they'll flip their lid much. The 
Casey Chambers actually been pretty supportive of my business through the years. They don't ask me to censor myself. And that's appreciated. So come by and see me at the Small Business Showcase on April 21st at Union Station. Please. Also, please do pick up the April issue of The Pitch. You can find my article titled I Smell Sex and Cannabis with Ashley Manta on newsstands now. All right, let's get into this juicy topic. I wanted to bring this particular topic to light because I was actually editing a video for one of my Better Sex workshops. And this is just one aspect of what I discussed in the setting the mood in and out of the bedroom workshop. I have talked to more than my fair share of couples who are parents that are struggling. I've also talked to more than my fair share of couples who are parents who are doing phenomenal. All right, so I noticed some particular differences between these two categories of folks. And there's also, I'm sure, plenty of research out there to to back some of these things up. Esther Perel is one of my favorite thought leaders on this topic. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I love and adore Esther Perel and everything that she says. (laughs) Um, I take that back. I don't actually agree 100% with everything that she says, but damn, I sure do agree with a lot of it. So parents, let's have a frank conversation for just a few minutes, okay? I completely understand that once y'all had a kid or your second or your third whatever things change kids change the situation I won't pretend like they don't I find that there is a big difference between the couples that make sure that their relationship stays a priority versus those who always or almost always put the kids first before their relationship and before their partnership I say this without judgment. I I don't think that you're a bad partner or a bad spouse if you have put your kids before your spouse. It's not about good or bad. This isn't about judgment. It's not about right or wrong. What this is about is, I feel like, recognizing reality. If you are not prioritizing your relationship, you're not going to have a relationship. To me, it truly does not matter how much you both show up for the kids. If you are not showing up for each other consistently and showing up for your relationship consistently, that relationship will end. When couples become parents first and a couple second, I just feel like that's really setting a terrible precedent for your children. Hear me out here. Would you like your children... To see the kind of relationship between you and your your partner where you spend very little one-on-one time together, where there's very little physical affection, where they don't see you all giving each other compliments, showing admiration for one another. Do you want your children to see a relationship where there's no physical affection? To me, all of those things are simply about modeling behavior right? Kids learn things best by seeing them in action. I deal regularly with the adults who are struggling with the intimacy in their relationships. And when we start digging and talking about what they witness with their parents, 
Ooh, man, there's a lot of folks out there who are struggling in their relationships and had certain things modeled for them, such as their parents sleeping in separate bedrooms or separate beds. They said sex was never discussed. They you know, did not get sex education from their parents. They did not see physical touch or even think that their parents were still having sex. Some of them have sworn that their parents probably never had sex except to procreate. My wonderful, amazing, and beautiful friend Natasha Rhea Elskari talks about this in her book, Mama Sutra. You should want your child to one day grow up to be a wonderful and amazing spouse and lover. All of you, I'm sure, are doing your best to make wonderful, tiny little humans. You know, these these kids are going to grow up and be out in the world one day. And I'm sure everyone listening to this wants their child to be a good human, right? You want them to to be a participant in society. You want them to make sure that they're, you know, pulling their weight, that they're they're doing good deeds, all those things, that they're being polite to people that they interact with, that they're being kind to their partners, and they're, you know, good at their jobs, all that stuff, right? It should also naturally, to me and to Natasha, stand that you want your kid to go out and be the best possible partner one day right? You want them to be able to show up and to be good in that relationship. You want them to keep a clean house and take care of their part. You want them to one day be a great parent who teaches your grandchildren how to be a good little tiny human, right? By doing things with your partner or your spouse, like hugging in front of them, kissing in front of them, sitting next to each other on the couch rather than on opposite ends or in separate lazy boy recliners. Spending quality time together. Taking romantic vacations without them. Making sure that you respect one another as the unique individuals you are and not just as a mother or a father or a parent. I still to this day remember a friend of mine telling me that a pivotal moment in his life was actually when his father turned around to him in the car and said, I am sick to death of the way that you are talking to my wife. He didn't say, to your mother. He said, to my wife. My friend said this was the very first time that he had really thought about the idea of his mother as something other than his mother. It took his father standing up and saying, you will not speak disrespectfully to my wife anymore before he realized like wow she's she is more than just the person who gave birth to me and he said it did influence the way that he feels like he is raising his children that disrespectful words are not allowed to be spoken in their household both amongst the siblings to each other they're not as Brene Brown says they are not allowed to pick at each other's gremlins and speak badly to someone that they love including their sibling. Um, But it's definitely also influenced the way that he moves about teaching his children how they should respect his wife. That story has stuck with me for years. I love that story. When parents focus on their relationship and on maintaining the erotic connection, it has a huge impact on their children. Again, I am dealing with the adults 
who <laughs> thought that their mother never had sex except to make them, who never saw their father you know, give any physical affection, like a kiss or a hug to their mother. And look, I'm not saying that it fucks us up, but I am saying that it has a heavy influence. The clients that I work with that knew that their parents had sex, or they at least could see things like they kiss hello and goodbye and they hug and they cuddle, those clients often have very different relationship outcomes than the ones who saw little to no physical connection between their parents. And again, I think it all circles back to that modeling. So let's talk about what that actually looks like, maintaining that partnership, right? Let's start with physical affection. It's an easy place to start. I have spoken to parents who, I mean, of course, if if you've got multiple children, you probably have a lot going on in your life. So time is one of the things that you often lack the most. Um, Privacy can come in a close second. I've spoken to far too many parents who say like their bedroom is sort of the family room. The the bed is not just theirs. They're co-sleeping. I've also spoken to parents who can just lack of time that maybe they they do have the bedroom to themselves, but they're just not in it very often. Well, guess what? This has got to be one of the first things to shift. Mom, dad, parent, you deserve a bedroom that is your boudoir. You deserve a space that is yours. You deserve a lock on the door or the respect of your children to not enter when the door is closed. It is okay. You have permission to lock your bedroom door when you want some one-on-one time with your partner. If you have children that like to knock or bang on the door or scream and cry when they're away from you for five minutes, it is also okay for you to have a conversation with your children about why the door is closed. What does that conversation really look like when you're trying to explain to your children that parents have sex? Well, (laughs) let me help you with that one. Again, with this, this is modeling in action here, right? Your children don't need to know age-inappropriate information, all right? The simplest and least graphic way to put it to kids is this. Kids, look, we have not been nurturing our relationship as much as we should. What this means is that we're going to need some more alone time. That alone time is often going to be when we are in our bedroom. From now on, if the door is locked or if the door is closed, we are having one-on-one time. What we are going to need you to do is to respect that we're having that one-on-one time because something that's a really important aspect of having a marriage or a partnership is alone time and intimacy. One day, this is going to be something that's really important for you to have as well. And what we hope to be doing here right now by talking to you about this is not to gross you out, but for you to understand that we've got to establish some healthy boundaries so that we can have some alone time. Here's what constitutes an emergency and here's what you can knock on the door for. And what we need you to understand is that this time needs to be respected. All right? If you come barging in 
There's things you can't unsee, dear child. We love each other, and this is why we need more alone time together so that we can nurture our relationships so that we can be better parents. You will be better parents together when the intimacy is where it needs to be. Trust me, I see it all the time. It is 100% okay for your kids to know that you have sex. Again, they don't need to know details. But again, let's think about that modeling aspect. Do you want your kids to think that once they get married, that their sex life is over? Or that once they have children, their sex life is over? No, that is often part of, I think, what can lead to some risky sexual behavior when people are in their like teens and 20s. It's sort of like they've got to get it all out of their system because what they had modeled for them showed them like, well, better enjoy it now because once I settle down and get married and have kids, this aspect of my life is over. What I'm sure all of you want is for your, your kids to understand that full spectrum of what a healthy, happy relationship can look like. By hiding what sex is, or that sex exists, or that you have it, you are not teaching your children about this wonderful, beautiful, perfectly natural aspect of our humanity. Pleasure truly is our birthright. We are wired for pleasure. Pleasure can come in a variety of ways, but it is natural and it is normal. Another thing I would like to add to this is I want to make sure that you parents listening don't save all of your orgasms for partnered time. I've definitely talked to folks who feel like we we are just so short on time that you know I don't I don't want to just sneak off on my own when I've got a few minutes and masturbate because like it just feels like I'm taking time away from my partner or you know I'm, I'm quote, getting it out of my system, and then I don't have anything left at the end of the day when we do have one-on-one time, it's like, mm. you are not allotted a finite amount of pleasure in your life, okay? Your body does not understand, whoop, got what I need, I'm done, no more pleasure for me. It doesn't shut down. Now, refractory period's a real thing, especially for, for male bodies. However, you are a unique sexual being. Your partner is a unique sexual being. You have your sex life and they have their sex life. Sometimes you have sex alone and sometimes you have sex together. Neither of you are responsible for the other person's orgasm. You are only responsible for your own. If you are always saving your orgasms for partnered playtime and that partnered playtime doesn't come around very often, you're actually going to be less likely to utilize that spare time that you do have with your partner for intimacy, okay? The fewer orgasms you have, the lower your libido is going to be, okay? It's sort of like, this is how I I explain it to clients. It's often like doing exercise or going to the gym. New habits can seem like, oh, this is just drudgery, like I'm only doing this to to get an outcome. It's not something that people often enjoy right off the bat. It feels like a chore. It, It takes a lot of effort. However, often once someone has gotten going on that routine, 
they're showing up consistently, they've got their workout schedule that they keep, they've got their classes that they like, and then their body starts experiencing these wonderful benefits, all those feel-good neurotransmitters sort of take over and it's no longer about having to force yourself to be motivated to do the thing. You just do the thing. It is the exact same thing with masturbation and your libido. If you find that you have a very low libido and you are not practicing a healthy solo sex life, I mean, come on, duh, duh. <laughs> I give you, all you parents listening, permission to have orgasms on your own. Now give yourself the permission too and recognize that it's absolutely going to benefit your partnered playtime. You might actually have the motivation to want to have partner playtime consistently once you're masturbating regularly. Get that solo sex practice going. You deserve it. And remember, only you are in charge of your orgasm. All right, I think that about sums it up. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode and listening to me on my own. Sounding a little bit nasal still from this goddamn sinus infection. I just can't shake, but... I appreciate you being here. As always, don't forget, the best ways to take care of yourself are my three things that you should do every day. Get out there and exercise, meditate, and masturbate. Love you! Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time. <laughs>